0: For some families, holidays bring out their toughest dynamics. How do divorced parents manage a blended holiday, putting their kids first? What if you have a house of angry teenagers with one of them recently in crisis? Is it possible to enjoy your holiday at home when all they want to do is fight? On a lighter note, what secrets does Gilligan's Island hold for every quarantine family? We'll answer that question in this week's episode of Fluster clucks with Lynn Lyons, the show for real talk about worry and other big feelings in parenting.
1: Hi, I'm Lynn Lyons. I'm an anxiety expert, speaker, mom, and author. I've been a therapist for 30 years. You're here because your family has some anxiety issues or you want to prevent them. I'm your co-host and Lynn's sister-in-law, Robin, and I'm here to ask your questions. Parenting can be a Fluster clucks, and I'll help you find your way. So Lynn, I can't believe it's almost 2021. Are you excited for our first Fluster Clucks course? I am because I think if there was ever a time when we needed an anxiety audit, this would be the time. What we really need to do is we really need to reset because 2020, it took the stuffing out of us. It really brought to the surface a lot of patterns of anxiety and worry that we need to just look at and we need to reboot. Can you say universally,
0: there was just this heightened experience of anxiety that manifested in a
1: variety of ways this year I think just the general level of worry in parents, and not only worry about things that were actually happening, but even worrying about what was going to happen. It's sort of funny, even kids that were doing really well and managing okay, parents were still so worried about what was going to happen. And I think that constant level of stress and that constant level of not so great emotional rumination and worrying and trying to stay ahead of everything. I think it's been exhausting for people. Who do you think that the
0: anxiety audit is best for? Well,
1: I think really all parents. I don't know that any of us got through 2020 without developing or even exacerbating some really common patterns that set us up for worry and anxiety.
0: Like ruminating and the language that we use and...
1: Yeah, all of that. Ruminating, catastrophizing, global language, that feeling of overwhelmed that so many of us experienced. So as you
0: go through all of these things, you also share with us how we pivot from the patterns we recognize in ourselves.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it's just even hard to recognize the patterns. So the goal is for me to go through these patterns and say, maybe you were doing this, or this or this or this. Here's the way out. Here's what we need to do to pivot away from these patterns just so that you can get your feet back under you. This has gone on for so long now that I'm afraid that some of the patterns that felt really different back in March and April have really become almost normal. They've almost become habitual We need to get in there. We need to take the exit off the Worry Highway. And for people who don't want to follow through the course on their own, you're going to be
0: offering this as a virtual workshop on January 23rd.
1: Yeah. So a virtual walkthrough with me, live with me, answering questions, pointing out the patterns, really giving you, as I always try and do, concrete stuff to do so that we can shift out of this and start looking ahead. This is not going to last forever. 2020 is going to be done. 2021 is going to start a little rocky, I think, but we need to look ahead and we need to make sure we're interrupting those patterns. So the difference between taking the course by yourself and
0: doing the virtual event is that you have the opportunity to go through it and ask you questions
1: along the way. Exactly. And some people just like that live experience. You'll be talking to me in a way that's different than if you're watching something that's recorded.
0: Registration for Lynn's live anxiety workshop on January 23rd will open on January 1st. Or you can purchase your own self-paced anxiety audit on January 1st as well. Spots will be limited for the live workshop, so be sure you receive the Flusterclucks newsletter or join the Flusterclucks Facebook group to be notified when registration opens. I have the first question here. All right, I'm ready. My husband and his ex-wife have a parenting plan that outlines schedules around the holidays that are all very clear. The problem is that his ex-wife constantly interferes in all that we do when we have the children. She sends him text messages every day dictating what he can or cannot do and has already been told by the parenting coordinator to not interfere with his time. She makes a normal visitation weekend difficult, but longer periods of time are extremely stressful. My husband's boys are 9 and 12, and signs of anxiety they show are nail-biting and the oldest to the point of bleeding, and in his youngest, puking before their mom picks them up. Their youngest will also complain of leg pain after he gets off the phone with his mom. They will both wake up in the middle of the night with awful night terrors as well. Their mom will call in the evening to say goodnight, but will ask them to close the door and will basically interrogate them to find out what they've been doing with us. They are both wonderful boys, and my 11-year-old son gets along with them fabulously. I just need advice on what we can do to help support them and make their time with us anxiety-free.
1: This is the challenge of not only blended families in general, but during this holiday time, because there's so much writing on making it a special time. And I think, actually, the first thing I will talk about is the last sentence of this mom's question. I just need advice on what we can do to help support them and make their time with us anxiety-free. So that's setting an awful high bar that they're not going to have any anxiety, that if this is a difficult relationship between their mom and their dad, if there are really cleared out plans, if there's a parenting coordinator involved, it doesn't sound like that this has been smooth in a lot of ways. And so now thinking that during the holidays you're gonna make it anxiety free, that's probably too much to expect. But here's what I really do think that you can think about the holidays we want to be a special time. And we want to let kids enjoy it. We want to be able to see it through their eyes and let them have all the fun and all the excitement and all the closeness that we all imagine during the holidays. Your job and their dad's job during this time is to really make sure that you are paying attention to the way these boys feel in terms of divided loyalty. Now, this is something that can happen because families do it very blatantly, right? So there are some families where the parents really talk about taking sides with the kids, and they really make that clear that that's their intent and that that's their desire for their children to pick one parent over the other. But I think probably what's more likely happening in this situation is that it hasn't been something that's been in purposely stated, but it's something that the kids can pick up on. And most kids can pick up on this because their parents got divorced and they've had to make a lot of adjustments and they've had to make a lot of changes. So I would be really careful in recognizing that even if you're doing everything right, and even if their mom is doing everything wrong, which I Doubt that it's that clear cut, actually, because I've been a therapist for 30 years. Even if it's that clear cut, they still are feeling torn. And the stress that they feel, and and I talk to a lot of, of parents about this, the stress that their child, that a child feels when they're making a transition may not have to do with where they're going or who they're leaving, but the fact that they're going and that they're leaving. So it's not that they're upset that they have to go with their mom or they're upset that they have to say goodbye to their dad. They're upset because they have to leave and they have to go and they have to make these transitions back and forth. Being able to to talk to kids, sometimes in a direct way and sometimes just making sure that the message is given, you know, it's sort of in the ether, is that transitions are hard. And that their mom loves them and their dad loves them and you love them and their stepbrother loves them. But it really is asking a lot of a 9 and a 12-year-old to be able to navigate this in a really smooth way. So put the emphasis not on what mom is doing, but really validating for these boys that this is really hard emotionally going back and forth. And that it doesn't seem as clear cut as you'd like it to be, right? So that there's clear instructions and there's clear limits. And when she has them, she has them. And when dad has them, dad has them. For them, it's much more combined for them. It's much more complicated for them. So this idea of loyalty, this idea of needing to choose, and this idea of needing to separate are all things that really contribute to kids' emotional distress or anxiety or worry during this time. So the message you want to give to them is whether you're going somewhere or coming back from somewhere, whether you're saying hello or goodbye, all the hellos and all of the goodbyes are emotionally loaded. And so we know that there's going to be some strong feelings, and I'm talking about hellos and goodbyes on the phone. I'm talking about hellos and goodbyes in anticipation of pickups, and anticipation of leaving, and anticipation of going, and anticipation of coming back. All of that stuff is complicated. Don't make it about who's doing the bad things and who's doing the good things. Be really, really careful about your language, and and recognize too that kids in these types of situations. Listen very closely to what the grown-ups are saying even when you think they're not listening their ears are really tuned in to what's going on between their parents so that would be the advice that I would give you. Really validate it, really make room for it, and make sure that you and your husband are not having conversations that they are possibly hearing. They've clearly been through a lot with this. It doesn't sound like it's a very good relationship between these exes. That's enormously stressful for kids. Make sure that you are they're doing everything you can To make these transitions as smooth as possible, it's the hellos and the goodbyes that are causing them such distress. That's a normal part of what happens when you're put between two parents that love you, but don't love each other. It's really about making sure the adults are stepping up their game and really paying attention to the messages you're giving. You can't do anything about the messages that their mom is giving, of course, but really you and your husband really pay attention to that and really validate it so that they don't have to feel like they have to act a certain way or not say certain things or not do certain things when they're in one house or the other. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. So when you're a parent, you're going to have your fair share of big talks with your kids, right? About all sorts of big topics. One of those big talks should involve money and Greenlight can help with that. Greenlight is a debit card and a money app that's made for families. It allows you to do instant money transfers. You can get real-time notifications of spending. You can manage chores. You can automate allowance. responsible financial choices. So stop putting off the money talk and start putting your kids on the right path. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash fluster. That's greenlight.com slash fluster to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash fluster. I am really working on improving my diet by making sure that I get the best quality products, organic foods, and I really want to make sure that I'm not using harsh chemicals in my home. Thrive Market is my go-to for all of my grocery and household essentials. The convenience of getting everything online and then quickly shipped to my doorstep, that is a huge time saver I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. I can use their filters to suit my lifestyle needs. So maybe you're looking for organic snacks for your kids, or maybe you're gluten-free. As a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order you will too. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily, always has some of my favorite brands. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. So, Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash flusterclux for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash flusterclux. Thrivemarket.com slash flusterclux.
0: If not necessarily with this family situation, but when we're talking about blended families and and especially divorces that were not so smooth, if the stepmom was like, you know what, we're gonna bake a lot of cookies and I want you to take these home to your mom mm-hmm. as a as a nice thing, mm-hmm. even if you just feel nothing towards that woman, if she feels acknowledged and valued and, and has modeled that with her kids, if a stepmom did stuff like that. Could you sort of turn it around a little bit?
1: Yeah. I think that showing your children that there is a connection, that you acknowledge the mom, that you are, well, what you're doing is you're saying to these boys, I know you love your mommy. Right. And your right? mother's
0: important. And, and your she's- mother isn't, in-
1: yes. Yes. And she's Mm -hmm. part of our family
0: and your family, even though she's not here. I just feel like those kind of actions are very powerful. I was a a child of divorced parents, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I did get shuffled back and forth. Mm -hmm. This is taking me back to as you were saying this. I feel like I was like a little four year old again. Yeah. You feel like as a child, it's your job to show loyalty to whoever you're with in that moment. Right. Probably a survival instinct.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, the word loyalty is really the powerful word in this because children should not be asked to show more loyalty to one parent or another. But you're exactly right, is that they'll. Be loyal to whoever they're with. One of the things that happens too a lot of times in blended families is that when a child is with one parent, they'll throw the other parent under the bus. And then when they go back to the other house, they'll throw the other parent under the bus because they're just trying to stay connected to the parent that they're with. And not only that, but they have a lot of conflicting feelings about the way the parents are dealing with each other. Maybe if there's a new relationship, there's just so much going on for these kids internally. That's a wonderful idea, Robin, is to say, you know, the stepmom says, I am going to help you stay connected to your mom in a healthy way while you're with us. Mom, you think about this, the the stepmom, if you think about this. I'm going to help you stay connected to your mom in a healthy way. What would that look like for you, stepmom? What would you have to do to pull that off? That gesture and that language can really help kids feel okay with the conflict that they feel inside. I love that idea. This is what happens, right? Think like it, the, the the mom calls and then they close the door and the mom interrogates them it's all sort of like you know which camp are you in how do we blend it so that they can they can be with their mom and dad positively and healthfully when they're not with their mom or when they're not with their dad how do we how do we make that happen
0: well and the other thing is the stepmom has the opportunity she was not a member of the divorce party right she was neither right. the ex-wife or the husband who has much deeper injury from mm-hmm. what was incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. If she really wants to lead, she can lead and put her feelings aside to the ex-wife and really create something moment by moment a little better for the boys. And I just have a really hard time believing that wouldn't eventually have an impact on all of their relationship. As you say that, I have such uh, ownership of the the throwing under the bus loyalty challenge starting from that period and carrying that with me. like I probably have still done that as an adult in certain circumstances because it was so ingrained in me.
1: But you're right. That's a survival instinct. I need to be connected to the person I'm with because that's the person right now who I'm dependent upon. And I think oftentimes the more conflicted the relationship is, the more that kids do that because it feels so tenuous to them. So Lynn, here's
0: a listener question, and she writes, I'm dreading the holidays with my two kids at home for two weeks. My 17-year-old son really hates his 13-year-old sister right now, and any family time is awful. My daughter has caused a huge amount of upset, drama, and fear recently as a result of her mental health. She took an overdose in September, and her brother is very angry at her for all the anxiety and disruption she has caused the family as a result. She has frequent meltdowns. We have no other family around us, and we will be totally alone for the holidays, just the four of us. How do I keep the home calm and peaceful and enjoy Christmas with all this stress and upset? How do we do things as a family without World War III breaking out? Help.
1: Oh, so... This would be, this is a really tough situation if everything else in the world were going fabulously. So mom, I am empathizing with you that you've got a daughter who's really struggling and you've got a teenage son who's trying to figure out how to manage all that. And then you as a parent are sort of feeling like you're in between all of this and you're feeling so responsible. So there are a few thoughts that I have. One is that when I hear... In the question that you say, how do I keep the home calm and peaceful and enjoy Christmas with all this stress and upset? I think that you're setting the bar really high that if you think your goal is to keep things calm and peaceful. And I'm wondering if you can come up with another criteria that you are going to help everybody get through this in a way in which there is as little hurt and emotional destruction as possible. Now, that's setting the bar lower. But I think even if you can just say to yourself, my goal is to get through this in a way where we are not experiencing a crisis, where we're able to coexist, where we're able to have some moments of hanging out and doing Christmas family things, I think that's going to feel far less stressful to you than saying your job is to keep things calm and peaceful. So that's the first thing, because that's an awful lot to ask of you. The other thing, too, really is okay. You say the four of us, so that means that I'm assuming that's two parents and two kids. It's really okay for you to divide and conquer during this. You guys don't have to be a foursome altogether. And it may be an opportunity for one parent to go and do things with one child and the other parent to go and do things with the other child. So this idea that the four of you have to be a unit for these two weeks, I think is also setting the bar really high. It is okay for people to spend time alone during this. And so if your daughter wants to go off and do something, you know, be off in her room for a while, if your son wants to go off and be by himself, allow that to happen too, so that you can come together as a family, and then you can have breaks too. You can have some privacy. So time alone is really, really okay. And it actually is probably pretty important. The other thing that I would do is that I would talk to your kids about this beforehand. And it may be helpful to talk to them individually with your 13 year old, and then sit down with your 17 year old, and if you feel like you can do it together, that's okay too. But again, it's okay to do it separately. And to say, I know we've been through so much. This has been really, really hard. And as we're going into this, you know, holiday, and we're going to be together for a break, let's let's just talk very openly about how challenging this might be, and let's think about what I can do to help you. And maybe what you can do to help us, right? So that it's not feeling like you're totally focusing on the 13-year-old and that she's the one who's the problem because that often happens in families. So talk to her about what she thinks might be helpful and write those things down. And I would have the same conversation with your 17-year-old. There has got to be a lot of empathy and a lot of validating how tricky this feels. And it really is okay for you to say, let's figure out how to get through this. Let's talk about what might help. I think it's really important to just talk about it very openly.
0: Do you think seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist would be helpful? but you don't have the time to actually find one? And then, like, when do you have time to meet with them? Try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable relationship issues, and much more. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash Fluster. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Fluster to get $80 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com slash Fluster. How are those New Year's resolutions going? hot, Make laundry day easier for you, but it will also be easier on the planet. So help me make plastic jugs a thing of the past. And if Earth Breeze doesn't end up being the 2024 update of your dreams, you don't even have to return it. Just let them know it's not for you and you'll get a full refund, no questions asked. Get started with Earth Breeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash flusterclux. That's earthbreeze.com slash flusterclux for 40% off your subscription.
1: And then the last thing I'm going to say, and this is not something that you can do right now, But if you haven't taken advantage of a really good family therapist, I would highly recommend that. And what a lot of people don't know is that there are people who do individual therapy. There are people who, you know, work with couples and that kind of stuff. But there are people who really specialize in working with families. You can, in your training, you can get your license in what's called marriage and family therapy. So somebody is referred to as an MFT And if you haven't done that yet, and if you haven't looked for that as a resource going forward, that may be something you don't know about, but it would be something that sounds like it would be really, really important because the language that you're using to talk about this problem is so powerful. There's chaos, there's crisis, there's drama, there's hatred. A really good family therapist would be able to sort of help you guys navigate how you heal from what's been going on through all of this. When
0: I hear your advice, and I sort of imagine what it's like to be in the room with her two children, her Mm -hmm. 17-year-old and her 13-year-old, individual moments of connection can be very powerful and the most realistic.
1: Yeah, because you can imagine, right? So mom goes into this and she thinks, all right, I want us all to have a Christmas brunch where we're all sitting together and we're opening our presents and we're feeling very connected, right? And of course, this mom, because all of these pictures of families getting along and everything going swell are all around us right now. She's probably feeling very pressured to make that happen and also feeling pretty anxious going into this that, oh my gosh, I don't want things to go badly. You know, I have to make them go well. The other thing too is moments of connection can happen very spontaneously and they can also be around things that you don't really expect. You know, like there might be a moment of connection that we see um, where everybody's standing around the piano and somebody's playing Christmas carols and you're singing, right? And everybody's like, oh, right, okay. I bet that's not going to happen. Right. The real connection happens when you're
0: folding laundry and starting to laugh about something. Yes.
1: That's what I'm talking about. Those spontaneous moments of connection, like you say, folding laundry or after dinner, or you're watching a show. The thing about connection and the thing about kids that are struggling, particularly teenagers, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, when we ask teenagers what they're looking for from their parents... They want you to keep trying. They want to have moments of connection that are small, right? They don't want to stand around the piano and sing Christmas carols. But say you're going out to do something, just keep asking. And it's really okay if they say, no, I don't want to do that. The cool thing about it is that they notice that you asked. And that's something I think that parents don't realize with teenagers, is that if you say, hey, I'm going to run to the store, do you want to come with me or do do you need me to pick anything up for you? They may say, no, no, I don't want to come. But they know that you just asked for their company. And sometimes that is the best that we can do in the moment. And that kind of reaching out and saying, I hear you, I know you're here, I'm asking for your company can really make a difference. If a parent
0: wants to connect with a teen who's not that interested in connecting at the moment, Mm -hmm. is there the right way or the wrong way to ask for a hug? Like, is it wrong to say, I really need a hug as a parent? Because then it's like, I need you to caretake for me and give me a hug. Or do you need to say, can I offer you a hug?
1: Yeah, I think I would probably stay away from the word need um, right? Like I really need a hug right now because then that feels, that does up the ante. And you could say like, oh, I would love a hug from you right now. The other thing too though, that can work well, particularly with teenagers that are feeling, you know, that they're sort of prickly for whatever reason is small, walk by, rub them on the back, give them a little squeeze on the shoulder. And lots of times when, when people are angry, it's sort of like they, they're giving off this energy of stay away, stay away, stay away. And it really is okay for you to sort of pierce that force, force field with a little bit of physical affection. And, you know, some families are not hugging families. Some families don't do that. But it really is okay in most families to walk by and just sort of rub your son on, on his back or tussle his hair a little bit. And you can ask, you could say, can I give you a hug right now? Or who's up for a hug or something like that. But really looking for that little spontaneous physical connection is really nice too. You know, one of the things just to pay attention to also is lots of times kids will throw something out and that they're interested in. And it may not be something that you're interested in, but ask a follow-up question to it. Have a conversation. It's not going to, it may not be a long, in-depth, 10-minute conversation, But if they say like, oh, did you hear that blah, 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 or I saw that so-and-so did blah, 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 listen for those moments to just say, well, tell me more about that or gosh, that's kind of weird or I had no idea. So look for those moments to spontaneously connect. It's a lot less pressure than saying we need to have this, this holiday vacation where things are calm and peaceful. We need to have... This holiday vacation, where we are going to look for moments of connection and find them. And I, again, I would just talk about it ahead of time. I would lay it out on the table. This has been a rough go for us. I know there's a lot of tension. And don't say, I know there's a lot of tension. And I just want the holidays to be calm and peaceful. Say, I know there's been a lot of tension. So let's find small ways for us to connect. Yeah. When you said that, it made me
0: think also some family cultures try and sweep the hard stuff under the rug, if you don't acknowledge that you all are having that hard time, it will make it harder, Mm -hmm. right? Like trying to put a rosy picture on this is is ultimately going to just, especially for teenagers. I always feel like teenagers anger comes from their own bullshit detectors right? Oh, sure. Yeah. And and so if you're around a teen and the family has been through a lot, like you all clearly have, if you're denying that in any way or like not not acknowledging that truth, they're just going to, you know, they're going to give it to you.
1: Yep. It's that validation. Of course you feel that way. There's this great New Yorker cartoon from years and years ago where a husband and wife are sitting in the living room and they're, he's reading a book and she's looking at the newspaper and there's a like an oriental rug like and there's just this huge pile. It's like there's an elephant under the carpet. And, you know, the, the messages they've just been sitting here sweeping things under the rug. So thinking about that and just being open about it and just acknowledging it, just saying this is this is going to be tricky. We know that things feel really intense right now and we're going to be all together. So let's figure that out. So the holiday week is upon us. And we just thought we would continue to share some of the things
0: that we're doing to celebrate Christmas. And we've talked about this a lot over the last few episodes because, you know, Lynn, as you know, I'm like a big holiday person in the family. I love mm-hmm. hosting and can't really do that this year. And you said this in the summer fun episode that I really love. And I think it's such an important emphasis. Parents need to share their tips and strategies. You don't get extra credit if it was your idea. You just do it. So if, if one parent has a great idea, copy it, man. Just, yeah. you know, we need all the help we can get. So here are a couple more ideas of how we're celebrating the holidays. We have family all over the world. yes. and we decided to have our first annual Twas the Night before Christmas reading mm-hmm. and we divided up the poem among all of the family. There are 25 of us around the globe, and I'm editing that film right now. And so that's a really fun way to have the little cousins participate in something and, you know, have family that you don't typically see very often participate. And I think that it's a really nice way to not that we want to commemorate 2020 so much, but it's just a reminder that we are all part of a bigger family than who we're stuck with every day.
1: Just to be clear. So Robin came up with this idea and it really is so great. We all got a picture of the poem. Every family member has a few lines to say. And then we all have to make our individual videos. And then Robin's putting them all together as a movie. And none of us know what the other people are doing. So it's going to be a big surprise. So much fun. So I was out snowshoeing this morning with my best pal in the blue sky, and it was incredibly beautiful. I actually hadn't been out of the house, and she told me about this thing that they're doing for the grandmother in the family. And I forget what it's called. I can get the exact name from her, but there's this frame. It's like a digital frame, but it's separate from your computer. It looks like a picture frame. You plug it in, and everybody gets the link to it. And you just send your Christmas pictures to the link during the day. So you take a picture, you send it to Nana's frame, and she is there and just sitting and watching these pictures come in in real time of people celebrating. And it creates this slideshow that she can enjoy watching her grandchildren and people all around. And so she feels like she's a part of the celebration. I thought that was such a great idea.
0: That is a great idea. I know the frame you're talking about. Yeah, you do. Um, I'll try and put a link to it in the show notes because it definitely makes sense in this time. My family of four, we have been quarantined together for a very long time, and we have a pretty monotonous day-by-day existence with all of us remote. I felt like for Christmas, one of the things that I'm doing is that I am surprising them because there's not a lot of surprise in our lives these days. So they are all getting a note slipped under their door one morning, and I don't know which morning it's going to be yet but it's going to tell them to come downstairs for a party and it's fancy dress and they can interpret <laughs> fancy dress however they like and there will be a winner for the best fancy dress <laughs> and we haven't, you know, been out of sweats, you know, mm-hmm. with like our uh, quarantine clothing in a long time either. So <laughs> that is that and then I'm I'm covering our coffee table in front of our television with all of this really nice party food that I'm serving for us. So it's just meant to Be something different. And, you know, maybe they're going to look at me and eye roll and it's not going to work, but I feel like just the, I think it's going to work. I think we're all pretty. And desperate right now for something.
1: Yeah. So as you're describing this, the reason that you're hearing me laugh in the background is that my husband watches old TV shows a lot. Like, and he's been watching Gilligan's Island recently. So as you're talking about this, it's reminding me of Gilligan's Island because they used to have like there was one episode recently where they had a beauty pageant, and of course, the only. <laughs> <laughs> among seven people on the island and it just reminded me of that but you know what i think that they probably felt as desperate as you feel right now right you're just you're just in your own little gilligan's island and you're like screw it we're throwing a party how yeah. have we not discussed the
0: fact that gilligan's island is the
1: ultimate pandemic guide for families they did this shit all the time they like came up with these events Like they would have fancy dress balls. They would have beauty contests. Yeah. And it was always just the same small group of people, of course. I think maybe we're onto something.
0: So join the Facebook group so that you can ask Lynn your question on an upcoming episode.
1: And thanks for joining us for another episode of Flusterclucks. Bye, Robin. Bye, Lynn.
0: Cluster Clux is a production of Lux Recess LLC, a family travel magazine and advising service. Let me book and design your family, a vacation of connection and rejuvenation.
2: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above,